0: Five, six, seven, eight. December 24th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. From here on, we podcast without a script. I'm just kidding. We really need a script.
1: <laughs> we had to fit in the iconic line as an intro to this episode all about a show that really slays rent.
0: We begin. On Christmas Eve, based on Puccini's opera La Boheme, Rent follows a year in the life of a group of friends living in Manhattan's East Village. Mark, an aspiring filmmaker, struggles to find his place in the world. His roommate Roger, an HIV-positive musician, wonders how he will leave his mark on the world before he inevitably dies. Collins, an anarchist living with AIDS, dreams of opening a restaurant in Santa Fe, where the problems of New York will not affect him and his friends. Mimi and Angel look for true love as they face the harsh reality of life as HIV-positive young people, while the business-like Joanne seeks fidelity from her wild-child performance artist girlfriend, Maureen. Fanny, their ex-roommate, is now their landlord, who threatens to evict them if they can't pay their rent. The group's dreams, losses, and love stories weave through the musical's narration to paint a stunningly raw and emotional portrait of the gritty bohemian world of New York City in the late 1980s under the shadow of HIV and AIDS.
1: Rent composer and playwright Jonathan Larson was a starving artist living the bohemian life in New York City. In 1989, his friend and fellow struggling playwright Billy Arson suggested a contemporary American version of Puccini's La Boheme. Jonathan saw the possibilities of exploring AIDS, sexuality, homelessness, and the struggle for art in an East Village setting. It was to be a hair for the 90s that could bring musical theater to the MTV generation. The pair developed Rent together, writing early drafts of the title song as well as Santa Fe and I Should Tell You. Eventually, the pair parted ways amicably, and Jonathan continued to develop the show alone.
0: Rent had several stages of development before it reached production. The first staged reading occurred in March of 1993. During the process, Jonathan was awarded a Richard Rogers Development Award, for which he had applied on the advice of his mentor and hero, Stephen Sondheim, after writing letters to each other, including a tape of early demos from Rent. The $45,000 prize helped finance a two-week workshop of Rent that took place in November of that year. Two of the people in the audience were upcoming producers, Jeffrey Seller and Kevin McCullum. Based on the workshop presentation, the duo agreed to partner with the New York Theatre Workshop to stage a full production the following year, where it would officially open on January 25, 1996.
1: The week leading up to the opening night, Jonathan Larson would complain of feeling sick to his stomach and chest pains. During a rehearsal, director Michael Greif and the cast were rehearsing the song, What You Own, when Jonathan collapsed at the back of the theater and asked for an ambulance. He later told friends that he couldn't believe the last song he would hear was his own song about dying. The ambulance took him to the nearest hospital and doctors diagnosed food poisoning and pumped his stomach. Then he was sent home. A few days later, after another incident, doctors at a second hospital said John had the flu. After watching the final dress rehearsal of his show on January 24th and giving an interview to the New York Times, who told him off-record that he thought the play was a marvelous achievement, Jonathan returned to his Greenwich Village apartment. He boiled water for tea before collapsing on the floor. His body was found several hours later on the kitchen floor. The cause of death was an aortic aneurysm due to undiagnosed Marfan syndrome. On the last night of his life, Mr. Larson talked of something he had learned from a friend with AIDS. It's not how many years you live, but how you fulfill the time you spend here. That's sort of the point of the show, he said.
0: The day of Jonathan's death, no one at the workshop was quite sure what to do. The first performance was scheduled for that evening. Jim Nicholas' first inclination was to cancel, but he knew they needed to do something for Jonathan's memory. The first act, in particular, involved a lot of dancing and jumping on tables. It hadn't been completely rehearsed. Al Larson, Jonathan's father, encouraged them to run the whole show. By the evening, Jonathan's friends and family were streaming into the theater. New York Theater Workshop was filled to capacity with people Jonathan loved. Jim decided on a sing-through, no movement, just songs. Throughout the first act, the cast very slowly began to rise. They acted and danced. It was incredible and terrible, Anthony Rapp remembers. It was like we had to do it. We were all sobbing and crying. They couldn't contain themselves, Eddie remembers. The audience was reaching out to the cast. They were crying and cheering. By the second act, it was no longer contained. It was the full show run full out, with every line hit for greater and greater meaning. If emotion could have become a physical force, the roof would have blown off and the weather would have changed. When the second act ended, there was a huge ovation. The cast slowly left the stage, and the audience stayed in the theater. No one was sure what to do. The cast returned and sat down in the front row. Finally, a single voice called from the audience, Thank you, Jonathan Larson, which brought the evening's loudest and final burst of applause. Rent moved to Broadway's
1: Nederlander Theater on April 29, 1996. It collected the New York Drama Critics Circle Award, the Drama Desk Award, the Obie Award, the Tony Award, and the iconic Pulitzer Prize. Rent was on the cover of Newsweek. Time called it a breakthrough. The New York Times called it an exhilarating landmark. Rent became where Jonathan's friends felt closest to him. They said it was like getting to spend three more hours with the
0: playwright. The show moved to phenomenon status quickly on Broadway, where it ran for 12 years and 5,123 performances. The success of the show led to several national tours and numerous foreign productions.
1: In 2005, Rent was adapted into a motion picture directed by Chris Columbus with a screenplay by Stephen Chbosky. Most of the original cast filled the principal roles in the screen version, including Anthony Rapp as Mark, Adam Pascal as Roger Davis, Jesse L. Martin as Tom Collins, Wilson Jermaine Heredia as Angel, Antina Menzel as Maureen Johnson, and Tay Diggs as Benny Coffin III.
0: Daphne Rubin Vega, the original Mimi Marquez, was pregnant at the time of the filming, so Rosario Dawson took on the part. Tracy Toms joined the core cast as Joanne Jefferson when Freddie Walker declined, saying she felt too old for the role.
1: As with any movie adaptation, some changes were made to the original text. Two main changes were that Goodbye Love was filmed in full, then cut short as Columbus felt it was too much. Another change made for the same reason was the choice not to state the cause of April's death, choosing to allude to an AIDS-related death instead of showing or mentioning her suicide.
0: The movie was released on November 23, 2005 to mixed reviews, despite staying in the box office Top 10 for three weeks. Rent had the third highest grossing opening weekend for a Broadway musical adaptation, surpassed only by the 2007 version of Hairspray and the 2004 version of The Phantom of the Opera. The film earned $10 million in its opening weekend before going on to gross a total of $31 million US at the box office, just short of recouping its $40 million budget. Despite this, the film, much like the musical itself, has earned a cult following.
1: Here are some interesting facts. Something I found out recently while watching an interview is that Jonathan Larson's father, Al Larson, spread some of Jonathan's ashes on the Nederlander stage before opening night, which is just so beautiful. What a wonderful way to celebrate Jonathan's life and to honor his being there in spirit, not only on that special opening night,
0: but for the whole run and so on. Rock star Adam Pascal had to unlearn a bad habit to take the role of Roger to stage. He would only sing with his eyes closed. The scene and Song Life Support was based on Friends Indeed, as well as on Jonathan's friends, Gordon, Pam, and Allie. Rent was the first show to establish a rush ticket system and lottery, with the goal to make the show more accessible to their target audience. The rush tickets led to diehard fans, known as Rent Heads, to camp out overnight in hopes of securing a $20 ticket to the show.
1: Rent has been one of the biggest numbers of repeat ticket sales on Broadway.
0: The musical has been performed in 25 different languages. Danish, Estonian, Finnish, Icelandic, Norwegian, Swedish, Dutch, English, French, German, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, Hungarian, Polish, Slovak, Greek, Russian, Mandarin Chinese, Cantonese Chinese, Korean, Japanese, Hebrew, Czech, and Catalan. At
1: one point, the following proved so popular that Bloomingdale's in New York opened a dedicated rent outlet. (laughs) Why am I giggling? (laughs)
0: Well, it is kind of funny. The outlet
1: retailed custom-designed, ready-to-wear labels of rent wear for men, women, and teenagers.
0: Anthony Rapp kept the original scarf he used playing Mark on Broadway. At the end of Light My Candle, Mimi says, They call me, they call me Mimi. It's a direct translation of a line from La Boheme. Mi chiamo, mi chiamo, Mimi. There was a plaque that hung inside the
1: Nederlander near the stage that said, Thank you, Jonathan Larson. Every performer would touch it before entering the wings. So we have some fun personal experiences with Rent, as I'm sure many of you listening do. Rent was my gateway into all things Broadway, as it is for most theater lovers of this generation. I had an interest in musical theater, but I think being interested in musical theater is an entirely different thing from taking an interest in Broadway. With Broadway, you basically take on an entire interest in love of New York City. And that's really what Rent did for me. It introduced me to Broadway. And that was completely different from when I was watching like Annie or Grease on film because that's how I knew I loved musical theater. But with Rent, it was like, wow, what is New York City? I want to (laughs) go. So I was around eight years old when I found a copy of the original Broadway cast recording of Rent, and I completely fell in love with it. I mean, how could you not, right? It's just, it's phenomenal. <laughs> and around a year or so later, commercials started to play on TV for the Rent film, which if you can remember, or if you look it up on YouTube, which I'm sure it's, it's still there, it really captures the heart and soul of Rent with the voiceover and the words flashing on screen. And that, to me, was like, well, now I have to go see this because it looks so interesting. And I guess being eight, I didn't fully know the whole story of Rent. Like, I was singing along to Seasons of Love and and trying to figure out the words to La Vie Bohème. But seeing the film, it was like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. This is so wonderful. This is something to be celebrated. And... What I find so interesting about Rent is that it's frozen in time. It's very much a late 80s, early 90s piece. And because we lost Jonathan Larson, the show hasn't changed much. And I really, I really do appreciate and love that about Rent. And I also really love the dedicated fan base and how much we've given to the piece while also acknowledging how much. The show has given so many of us. I mean, what other theater will allow you to freely express your thoughts on the walls, right? (laughs) Okay, joking aside, we can't really acknowledge just the producers, directors, and Jonathan without paying respects to his family who have gone above and beyond to keep this musical in his memory alive for generations to come. So thank you so much to
0: Nan, Al, and Julie Larson. All of his family. Rent was also one of my gateway musicals in a completely non traditional sense. Uh, I fell in love with the songs first, even though I really have no idea where I heard them. (laughs) Like, I knew these songs, but I can't remember where I heard them for the first time. But once I watched the movie, that was it for me. It's still one of my favorite movie musicals to this day. Ironically, while this show has inspired a big part of my love for theater, I've never seen it live. I've seen the film live on Broadway, of course, but I've yet to see a full-stage production in person. I think what Rent does so well is invite people to come as they are, which seems to be a common theme among cult classic musicals. The characters are diverse, vibrant, and accepted by each other for exactly who they are. There's something so very human about Rent and how it can speak directly to such a wide variety of audience members. It's a show not just with something for everybody— but an overall message that truly does connect with any human being. Yes, there's love, acceptance, friendship, art, but it's also about living your life as the most authentic version of you because who knows what tomorrow may bring. The legacy and history of Rent is another thing I love so dearly about this show. This is a production that, while being very of its time, was still so far ahead of its time. So many people refer to Rent as the turning point of the American musical, what could and couldn't be covered on stage, and how it was presented. I firmly believe that so much of this ties into the way that it was written. Jonathan Larson put his heart and his soul into this piece, and that's why the show has had such a long life, and that Larson has gained immortality within the theater community because of it. He was one of the game changers, and I like to think that while he wasn't physically here, that he still saw his show become the global sensation that it is today.
1: Uh. I'm getting all choked up over
0: here. <laughs> um, that's why my voice is so low today cuz I'm trying not to cry. I'm like mm, 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 mm. I
1: know I'm talking and I'm like, "Oh my god, going to crack or say something really dumb because I'm like, you know, or so so, you know." <laughs> yeah. But that emotional gush that I just had to say Leads into this that I was actually able to go to the Life Cafe where Jonathan Larson would sit for hours writing rent. And it's an experience that I will never forget because so much of rent is that iconic memory of the Act One finale taking place inside the Life Cafe. It's something I needed to do as a massive rent head visiting the city. And this was actually one of my first trips to New York. And inside the Life Cafe, there was even a booth set up in the back near the window. And it's the exact one where Jonathan would spend his days writing. And there was all memorabilia from the musical, including the iconic plaque that I mentioned earlier. And the waitress even brought over a rent head guest book for me to write a little message in. And that was really special as well. So. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Rent experiences. And now we have some listener
0: questions. (laughs) Mm, All right, so here we go. Do you have a favorite production of Rent? Well, for me,
1: the original production is so iconic with the simple set build. But it's actually, it looks very intricate. So although it's so simple, there's something that really stands out about that beautiful structure in the back? Do you know what I'm talking about? That like crazy set piece that looks like something that belongs in like this awesome abstract art museum? Okay, yeah. yeah. And um I really appreciate that the 20th anniversary tour brought that set and costumes back because when I saw the revival off Broadway, they had gone so off the grid with any similarities to the original set and costume designs, which is totally fine, But it's nice to see it back again for this generation to enjoy.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I can't really, like, answer this question because I really haven't seen any. Um, So I'm going to make my answer uh, whichever production of Rent I see first. I love that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now, who is your favorite
0: cast? Well, once again, um, it's hard for me to have one. Um, But when I think of Rent, it's always... Anthony Rapp and Adam Pascal as Mark and Roger in my brain. And I really think that first cast was something. However, Aaron Tveit as Roger at the Hollywood Bowl. I love that for me. (laughs) Who's your favorite cast? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I don't know if I have one. I suppose I like a lot of different cast members from all sorts of different productions, I don't have a complete cast that I would like claim to be my favorite, but to name a few cast members, I love Lexi Lawson as Mimi and Justin Johnston as Angel and Eden Espinoza is definitely a favorite Maureen of mine. So yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. What is your favorite song? Rent is one of the few shows I will claim as one of my favorite scores. It's just beautiful from start to finish. Um, And I really think that my favorite song changes kind of based on my mood, like Out Tonight and Today for You are just bops. La Vie Bohème is iconic, but oh my God, these ballads, um, Without You is one of the most beautiful songs written for musical theater. And in a lot of ways, the ballad writing style of Rent uh, kind of reminds me of what I like to call the Irving Berlin style, where the simplest lyrics sometimes say more than anything else can. I think Jonathan Larson, he's so clever and intricate in a lot of his lyrics, but the way that he scales back in the softer songs and moments of Rent makes it all the more powerful. I do think my number one favorite tune from the show would be What You Own, um, but don't get me started on the reprise of I'll Cover You. Such good choices. And I just I also have to
1: um, include before I get to my favorite songs that you mentioned Without You, which isn't on my list, so I'm going to talk about it here. (laughs) It should be on my list, but you'll see my favorite song. Anyways, I was watching the news the other day, and with all of this going on, there was someone talking so beautifully, and they were saying, like, you know, the leaves change, and they fall down, and... Babies are born, and I'm like, wow, you know, that reminds me so much of Without You. And I'm like, he really, he really nailed that songwriting right there because it's something that's just so simple as everyday occurrences. And, and you know, like we're going yeah, through and, something uh, right now that's really crazy in our day to day changes, but life is still moving, it's still going on, even though. Sometimes we don't want it to. We want to stay stuck in that in that moment in our feelings, but it it keeps moving. It's crazy, yeah.
0: and that uh, grief can hit you even in the most normal of moments. Yeah, right. It mm-hmm. just yeah, it's powerful stuff, man. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, so my favorite song in Rent is "Goodbye Love" because again, I think the storytelling in that alone is out of this world it's incredible it takes place following angel's funeral and we get to see every character unfold and try to heal themselves or their relationships with each other and they lay everything out on the table that they've been holding back for better or for worse and i just think there's so much power in that song alone that it could be like the whole show itself, honestly. It's so good. <laughs> um, I also really love Another Day and Halloween. Those are, those stay close
0: to my heart. Another Day's another banger, am I right? So, Chrissy, do you prefer the film version or the stage version of Rent? Very good question and
1: very difficult to answer. I think I almost prefer the film to the stage version. Simply because I really loved the pace of the film and I know that's not like the norm because it got a lot of like mm. crap when it came out from the Rent fans and and that's okay because I think it was quite different as well but I think they really captured certain elements that were not fully developed on stage such as Angel's funeral inside the church and And having the casket and the graveyard. And of course that's something with the film that you can do. You can take it on location. And you can't do that in the theater. But for those scenes I really liked having it. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I did however really miss the mention of Roger's ex-girlfriend April. Who tragically took her life. But we did gain the opportunity to see a visual of what the character looks like in the film.
0: So I will definitely take that. (laughs) How about you? You know what? I'm going to say the film. It's true that I haven't seen it live and that maybe the filmed live isn't quite the same. But to me, the movie version is something that really forged my connection to this story. I wouldn't have found it in any other way. And I think that's what's so magical about movie musicals. I also think it's worth mentioning that Rent is probably one of my favorite movie musicals or even the ultimate movie musical just because it was so carefully put together for screen while honoring the original text. I also really really loved Rosario Dawson as Mimi
1: and we got Tracy Toms as Joanne who later played the role on Broadway as the final Joanne so I think we lucked out
0: (laughs) and I, I think she actually auditioned for the role like something crazy like 13 times she did she auditioned for the role on broadway multiple times but never got in but then through being in the film uh got to do it on broadway which is awesome good for her amazing before we wrap up for the day i do have one last thing that i'd like to add As this is our Christmas episode and we're talking about rent, I wanted to share a few organizations who work to help those living with HIV or AIDS worldwide. If you are able to donate this holiday season, please do keep these organizations in your thoughts. For our listeners in the United States, there is Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. In Canada, there is CANFAR, also known as the Canadian Foundation for AIDS Research. And in the UK, the National AIDS Trust. Even if you aren't in a position to donate but have any questions or are looking for more information, all of these sites work to make sure that knowledge is, a- is accessible to you. We will link these
1: organizations on our pages when we are sharing our podcast episode for you to easily find and donate. We also want to thank you all for joining us on this Christmas Eve. We hope you and your families are staying safe.
0: Yes, we want to wish you all a safe and happy holiday season and send best wishes for your health and happiness in 2021. As always, you can find me on both sides of the curtain on Instagram. The site is always linked in my bio. You can find all things Break a Leg at blog.com and on Instagram at
1: blogger We can't wait to join you all next year with some more stagey fun. Bye! Bye.